welcome to Give Him Hell, Bring Him. Jeff, I think we have officially made it. We've either made it or we are way, way, way in over our heads. Which that's, if you are if you don't feel like that, you're, you're living life wrong, right? Like you either got to yeah. feel, you know, and maybe there's a little bit of that is what do they call it imposter syndrome, right? Or, you know, well, you got to fake it till you make it, which everyone is good at faking it till you make it because that's what you do when you try to go to sleep every night. You go to sleep by pretending to be asleep and then eventually you actually fall asleep. So don't tell yourself you can't fake it till you make it because you do it every single day. Sleep is weird. But- this week, I got a LinkedIn request, and it kind of looked a little spammy because it was like, this is the way too professional of a headshot, and it's like, I have zero connection to this person. This is kind of weird. And then I got an email, and it uh, turns out it was um, an attorney representing a sports agency, and uh, we got a cease and desist letter uh, because of some shirts that were at one point available under the Give Them Hell, Bring Them umbrella branding and our signature clothing line if you will so i don't know are we way over in way over our heads and this is going to be a a long drawn out legal battle where we turn and beg for the collective pro bono help of twitter lawyers everywhere or do we just delete the shirts and move on with our lives because we don't have time for that well let me just i want to read a couple of excerpts from i mean we won't read uh, initially this week i said i wanted to read the whole thing uh we won't it's like five pages read it. long. five it's like two i mean but it feels like five when you're reading it there's no question it and it's is, it's single spaced right single space doesn't count yeah yeah, yeah you're right but i'm gonna read a couple of paragraphs here and it's about to get a little lengthy and a little wordy so bear with me folks uh, in this, it says, I believe that you, this is addressed to you, Garrett, to, to Mr. McClintock. I believe that you are the owner and or operator of Give em Hell Brigham, uh, G-E-H-B is in parentheses. And I just uh, sidetrack. I love it. I love that some legal attorney, whether this was a paralegal or the actual lawyer, there was time spent at some big shot law firm typing out G-E-H-B and Give em Hell Brigham. I mean, I love it. And GEHB is is mentioned several times throughout the rest of the, the cease and desist. So I, I enjoy that. Uh, it has come to our attention that GEHB has been offering for sale on your website, GiveEmHellBrigham.com, apparel, including T-shirts, containing the name of WME IMG client Zach Wilson. The creation and sale of these apparel designs and the use of Mr. Wilson's name was and is not authorized by Mr. Wilson or WMEIMG for any use, including commercial and non-commercial usage by you and or any of your affiliates. Now, I mean, this isn't going to hold up in court, but his mom did know about our Zach M.F. Wilson shirt. She did support the Zach M.F. Wilson shirt. She was our best affiliate marketer. We sold like 10 of them within an hour of her posting it to her Instagram story, which right. is now private. She took her account private this week, <laughs> That's which is probably thing. smart. There there were many, uh, yeah, many Zach M.F. Wilson shirts that have been shipped to the Draper, Utah area. And I have no connection to Draper, Utah. That all came by way of affiliate marketing via the Wilson family. So that sort of feels like it was an authorized use, but I mean, I guess it's not 
but okay. We continue. Your sale and promotion of the apparel using Mr. Wilson's name, likeness, and image violates various publicity provisions of U.S. laws, which prohibit the infringement of a person's right to publicity and right to control the use of his name and likeness for, among other things, commercial purposes. In addition to you, in addition, your use to display Mr. Wilson's name on the apparel, your website, and social media implies a false endorsement and false association between you and Mr. Wilson and or WMEIMG. Mr. Wilson is a well-recognized and well-represented football star who was just selected as the second overall pick in the NFL draft. And this false association is highly likely to injure his reputation and brand. Because of this, you face significant liability for your continued promotion of the apparel using Mr. Wilson's name and likeness. To be clear, neither neither Mr. Wilson nor WMEIMG has authorized the sale or promotion of the apparel and are not seeking a portion of any proceeds generated by the sale of such. Mr. Wilson instead insists that you immediately remove the apparel from the items you offer uh, for sale on your website, GiveHimHelpBreakUp.com, and from social media. Uh, web pages and at any physical retail locations. Here's the thing: I have, I have so little, so little confidence that Zach Wilson knows that that website exists. Uh, he might just because his mom may have shown him and be like, "Hey, did you see these shirts?" And so, but he may not know, actually. He may not know the sh- he may know the shirt exists, but may not know that the website exists. Yeah, but this came from this, his his agency, not him. Right. But his agency spent more money on this suit writing having her write up the letter and send it to me then we made from the entirety of oh, without question the thing and i mean i'm just saying zach could have dm'd us and said hey agency like can we take this down like you know it's whatever a trademark like trying to protect my brand whatever it's like i respect the hustle okay yeah that's fine like you know just you've now have multiple hundred plus thousand dollar cars at your disposal, like just take me, we'll just take us for a spin in one and we'll call it even. Right. And the, so it's, that is kind of, yes, it was very overboard. I know they got to do it up in language, like super, all this flowery language they could have just said, like he, now that he is marketing himself, whatever, you know, and it's uh, in terms of his family or him endorsing it, I think we do have the legal case that we can keep selling are 83 shirts because the elk has been endorsed fully and that is a brand that we started and i think actually we may have legal ownership to the trademark of the 83 elk image and likeness specifically rated to the elk itself if we really want to get nitpicky here uh the zach mf wilson shirt like clearly zach wilson probably can't use that but the Z-A-C-H Zach 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 shirt, uh, maybe we were talking about Zach Bennett. You know, it's just a black shirt, green writing. Like, I, I get it, but also I don't really get it. Now, uh, I mean, did we violate some some name image like this laws? Yeah, probably. But again. Again, we weren't hiding anything. And one, I think it's important to note, and we've been very transparent about this from the beginning. We are not generating a profit on these shirts. Like there have been a couple where people order multiple things and we do get a profit. 
Yeah, but then we, there have been others where we lose money on the production of the shirt. Like we are just producing it to make a shirt. Right. And yeah, we don't, if you order one shirt, we break even. If you use a discount code, we are losing money. Uh-huh. If you order multiple shirts, we make like a dollar fifty per shirt. Yeah, it's like not... we're we're making nothing. It's so I don't know, man. Like this felt this felt a little unnecessary. Um, and I again, I have so much confidence that this wasn't actually Zach himself. This was his agency, uh, because I think that if it was Zach himself he probably would have saved the time and effort and just had one of his every family member who follows me on social media, just send me a quick DM. It's like, Hey man, just take it down. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what would have happened. I get it. Like, Hey, he's big time now. and This is kind of the nature of the beast. I am in no way upset, but here's what I think is interesting. And I had this thought earlier this week, and I don't think I brought it up to you. We do not have, unless there are the general lawyers of Twitter that want to do pro bono work, we don't have the legal uh, capacity ourselves to, to handle something like this against some big shot law firm. I mean, WME is huge, right? Like they represent Tom Brady's entertainment business. Like right. they're a big deal. So they got clearly lawyers upon lawyers upon lawyers if we really, you know, if it were to ever get that far. And it won't because we don't care. But this is what they had to do. This is what went through their mind. What we can do is read this letter. There's nothing prohibiting us from making this cease and desist letter a much, much bigger deal than it needs to be. We can mock it. We could put it on the airwaves of our show. I mean, if we really wanted to get wild, we could go to social media with it and be like, look at what just happened. As long as we comply with the request of this letter, Everything else is fair game. There's no confidentiality with this. Like we could make a big stink of this and be like, look at the assholes that are running this Zach Wilson enterprise. And maybe we'd be wrong. Maybe people would think that we're stupid. But have you seen what the New York Daily News is willing to to make a story out of when it comes to Zach Wilson? If his mom says the word dick on her social media or on her Instagram stories, it becomes a column in the paper. But she was not wrong. You should all, as a parent, your probably your number one goal should be try not to raise a bunch of dicks. Like, yeah, that's like, pretty good advice. That's, that's totally a low, fair. that's a low bar to clear with parenthood. <laughs> and also saying that Snapchat is for whores. Uh, I, I might've disagreed five or six years ago, but if you're still using Snapchat in 2021, <laughs> There's a pretty good chance that we know your uh, level of promiscuous behavior. <laughs> I don't know anybody that still uses Snapchat. Right. Like, there's no reason to use it unless you're just using it to hook up and send nudes, right? I mean, I don't know. So, like, that's the risk that they took. Is And I think it's interesting because I don't know that we have the platform to really make a stink out of this. But we also... If we don't have the platform to make a stink out of this, then we certainly don't have the platform that it should be even a blip on their radar if a few shirts get sold that say Zach. So this this agency, this law firm, whoever it was that decided this was going to be a big deal, they had to make that decision. Either we're a big enough deal that we need to they need to put an end to it immediately or. We're not a big enough deal 
that we could make a public outcry. I think this is a strong arm, man. Like I think that they are. They well, think I mean, that that's we're just going to cower down. That's what how cease and desist. That's it's the fancy yeah. word for a strong arm. But they, but they also think that like we're not. We're going to just take it. We're going to get scared. We're going to delete it. But it's the intro to our show. And hell, it might be the intro to our show for a while. Uh, we're recording this late. Um, it's like, I mean, it's 1030 on a weeknight. I've had a real long day. So I'm a little bit grumpier today than I, I normally am. And if you were to ask me to make a commitment today, Garrett, I would commit to blowing this so far out of proportion just because I feel like it. I think this ultimately was planned not by Zach Wilson or WME. I think this ultimately ties back to Gary Barda, and this is part of why Anon to tear down BYU fans everywhere. I get it. I think that could be true. I won't. I won't dispute that. I mean, there's there's no proof that that's not true. So, I think until that's further. True. Until, I mean, I, that's how it works in 2021, right? Like, it's as long as you can't disprove it, then it must be true. So, I mean, I think that's it. But, yes, yeah, so we we did get a cease and desist. And, um, you know, that it, it's just been a wild week, you know. It's here we are on a Wednesday. Um, my daughter has been referring to me as Alan Jackson instead of dad all week. And my wife is Jimmy Buffett. So and she is two years old and runs around singing the entire chorus of five o'clock somewhere. So I may be raising an alcoholic. I don't know, but it's, it's just been a wild week. It's been a weird week. There is some basketball news this week. So fortunately uh, there's something that can pull us out of this, uh, in this introduction. And that is Tajan. Is it Tajan? Is it Tajan? Is it T. John? I don't know how to pronounce his first name. I'm not sure either, but once once I hear it, well, I guess I could go look up, find a, a like video. A pronunciation some, guide or find, something. find a video of someone interviewing him. And, um, whether it's whatever it is, T. John, T. John, T. John, Luca. I think it might be T. John. That sounds, that seems to flow. Yeah. But maybe that's just because of T. John Caroma, and I, it's it makes sense in my head because we've said it before. Right. At any rate, he committed to BYU. And that's a big deal for BYU. Milwaukee graduate transfer who was formerly at, at uh, Illinois, a true point guard. Like he, he doesn't have the best outside shot, but he could facilitate, he could distribute. Like we BYU can run an offense through him. He reminds me a little bit of TJ Haas without the outside shot. Like that's that's kind of what I see when when I watch T John, Tajon. I just look at it. I think it is Tijon with the, Tijon. the the French J. Like, yeah, with a je. Like, like, a Parme, like Parmesan. Okay. Okay. Tijon, but not Tijon. Tijon. Tijon, I think. And if you that's wrong. You know who's going to have a hell of a time with this is one Dave McCann. Oh, it's going to be bad. <laughs> He's, I mean, all due respect to Brother McCann, this is going to be a nightmare. Yeah, and, it, uh, it's going to be a struggle every time. It, no matter what it is, it will end up being T. John, like T. John Karoma. Just yeah, I like it. That's what it's going to be. And I might be there with him, frankly. Uh, it's it's a it's a different one. But to John Lucas, uh, he committed over or committed to BYU over schools like DePaul and Utah and, and a few others who were in his top five. 
Uh, the big ones, though, were DePaul and Utah. But this is a big deal, right? I mean, this is uh, – he's going to start – I mean, he's going to walk into a starting position whether or not Alex Barcelo comes back, which, like we've been saying for a couple of months, we're fully anticipating Alex Barcelo to come back. Uh, so a backcourt of Barcelo and Lucas – I think is an upgrade over Barcelo and uh, Brandon Averett. Uh, the, 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 I think Averett and Lucas have a lot of the same attributes in terms of being, you know, able to score off the bounce, having an iffy outside shot. I think Lucas will benefit greatly from playing at BYU where there's going to be a few other scorers and shooters around him at Milwaukee. His usage rate was through the roof. I mean, he was the focal point of every defense and every defensive strategy. Uh, so coming at BYU where there's guys like Barcelo and Loner and, and, and Gideon George and, and others who could create their own shot, uh, it'll help free things up for Lucas. So I do expect his outside shot to improve a little bit. Uh, but even if it doesn't, like the guy can distribute, get to the basket, and that is what BYU just sorely missed last year. That's they dude, didn't have I, anybody who could create their own. My read on Tijon is that it – I mean, he obviously, he was a two-time all-conference player in the horizon, but when you were in the horizon, it's one of those leagues and, you know, it's like, you know, I've been to multiple big South conference games. The horizon is a similar level of play. You have like one, maybe two guys on the team. And because they're the best, everything gets fed through them. So it's like, yeah. it's hard to have a system. And it's, it's like, you almost have to discount, especially like if you are a shooter, like if you're not a guy, like where, I guess kind of like a Brandon Averitt where he was more of a driver or slasher and would like create his own shot that you can get with it. But like, if you're a shooter and you have nothing else around you, like a lot of times it's just like, Hey, get the ball to him and let him jack it up. Right. Like, and so you're taking a bunch of shots. So, and that's kind of even like we saw, if you look at Alex Barcelo's stats when he was at U of a, they weren't very good, but then he got into a system that gave him the place and taught him and the staff taught him, look, this is where you shoot best from on the floor. We are going to put you in a position to where you are only taking the best shots for you mm -hmm. and to try to, you know, make things most efficient across the board versus, hey, just like, you know, go like you're playing in a schoolyard and he's our best guy, dish him the ball and let him jack it up because that's our best hope. And so it's, you know, his, so he kind of, you know, regressed a little bit even um, like, percentage wise he had a big dip but like his sophomore year he played 29 games and he you know shot almost 50 percent. but it's he's not a great three-point shooter um but he you know the last two years he's averaged over 14 points a game and you know almost six assists and four and a half boards a game like that's very solid production at any level of college basketball so i think i think he is someone who being in the right system and having pieces around him and with more structure will surprise above what he did previously, even though, I mean, he's, I don't, he's, I would think he probably ideal would be, he chips in the same number of points, but his field goal percentage goes up because he's got a better shot selection. So it's the same amount of production, but with fewer attempts, right? And just, he's going to become more efficient. I think that's what the staff thinks they can do with him. And that's why he was targeted. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's a big addition for sure. Um, Shores up the backcourt a little bit, and I don't think BYU's done, right? I mean, we we know that they have been in the mix for a bunch of different transfers. It sounds like they are really honing in on on Both Gack out of uh, you out of Minnesota now by way of Utah. 
uh, he, he could be a, another productive scorer. I think he averaged, uh, you know, 10, 11 points as a sophomore at Utah kind of fell out of the rotation a little bit at, at uh, uh, Minnesota last year, but he he's proven that he can do it at a high level of college basketball. So uh, that would be a big addition as well. BYU is one of a handful of teams who are after GAC. I, I mean, if BYU comes away out of this offseason with uh, with Lucas and Both, I, I think that's a that's a coup, right? I mean, that's you you look at who BYU lost. If you lose Harms and you lose Averett and you replace them with Gak and with uh, with <laughs> Lucan, I think you're thrilled with that. Yes, and I think especially I think Gak brings something. You know, he brings something that harms ever had like obviously harms the defensive player of the year he was a good player but is gak he's just very much much more in the breed of a gideon george type Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. where just the amount of athleticism that he has is off the charts and so um you know i think if you can get him in there it's like what it gives you in terms of flexibility and what you can do and how you can pressure things I think ultimately it can become like, I think the roster can be deeper and it will be a better team than it was last year. Push yeah, to shove. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, it'll be good. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I know that BYU lost more than, than just Harms and, and Averett. They lost, you know, Connor Harding, Colby Lee and, uh, and Wyatt Lowell, all things considered. I don't think BYU is going to feel those absences as much. No. And if it's, at all, frankly. No, and it's this is something too. Like we've kind of seen over the last couple of weeks of just like guy after guy after guy. And you know, we're talking about this earlier today when we were talking about what we're gonna do. Talk, you know, kind of our agenda for the show that there is a noticeable, um, there's a noticeable difference between the football team's approach and the basketball team's approach. And I think it it kind of colors fans' opinions on how the staff is doing in terms of recruiting. Um, and it's, I don't think there's necessarily one is right and one is wrong. It just needs to be under like anything. It needs to be understood in context because there's multiple moving pieces. So it's like we're in football, you know, Kalani is like, they're going out and doing more due diligence and going out and, you know, doing more due diligence. And you kind of like a guy before they get an offer is going to be pretty checked out. And you know, they're going to know like if there's auto code issues or not, and if they're on board, whatever, where basketball has chosen to use offering more as almost like a marketing tool, especially in the portal of like, you know, Mark Pope is trying to build the brand of right the best locker room in America and build this brand of like, you know, we'll take anybody, they can come in. Well, you know, it doesn't matter if you showed up two weeks ago, you're part of the family, like we'll be in, live in the portal, whatever. And so there's a lot of just hammer it, like every single guy, like how many guys have we offered in the last two weeks? And then a lot of them, and there's even more that they've talked to that were not even so public. And, you know, I talked to a couple, you know, I talked to someone on the staff about this and was like, you know, about how many guys that they've gone off after. And a lot of them, it's like, yes, you know, they get a publicity. It's like, oh, we offer this guy. We're talking to this guy. We met with them. And then it's, you know, it is just, they're not interested because obviously there's coming, there's strings attached if you're walking into the Marriott Center to play in the Marriott Center. And so, with that and knowing that um, it's just a different strategy. So, you know, to some, it may 
seem like, you know, you look at football, it's like, oh, the offers are more deliberate because, you know, and it's, we're doing better and being kind of more choosy basketball. We're just kind of hoping we can't get anybody, but it's a lot of them. It's like, maybe they're not, you know, they're not good fits. They offer them, they talk to them, they find out it's like, yeah, this actually isn't going to work. There's grades issues, like whatever. And it's, it's just different. It's a different approach to the same problem. And one isn't necessarily better than the other. They're just different. Well, and it, and it is different approaches, right? And even within the football team, you you have different approaches depending on the situation. Daryl Funk is is offering guy offensive linemen all the time right now on the football side, and, and some of them are guys that he has talked to for no longer than an a, an hour, right? I mean, these are guys that he hardly knows at all. But if you're Coach Funk, you're playing catch-up, right? I mean, you you take a new job at BYU, even with a full year, you're behind on the recruiting game. You're at least a year behind the other schools who are recruiting these offensive linemen. So an offer at that point is almost like a qualifier. That If, if you don't have an offer out to a player, they're not even going to like, pick up the phone to talk to you. So BYU will extend or Coach Funk will extend – a scholarship offer based on nothing but huddle film. And there is an important clarification there. Uh, coaches, colleges, they have access to huddle film, not huddle highlights. Huddle film is the full game film. They see every rep, yeah, every you play. Don't, you don't get offered based on highlights. You get offered, yeah. you get offered based on how, like if you're an offensive lineman, you're getting offered based on how, um, how hard you're getting after it when your team is up 25 in the fourth quarter. That's yeah. Yep. And so, I mean, coach Funk will watch a couple of games and, and look at a guy's measurables and say, yeah, uh, he fits. I think the mold, we're going to go ahead and extend an offer. Uh, we saw that with Jalen Guerrero this last week, Jalen Guerrero is a graduate transfer out of New Mexico state. Uh, he ended up committing to Fresno state. He tweeted out his offer. I think we talked about this last week, but he tweeted out his offer from BYU uh, made a bunch of head headlines and BYU was going to get him. That offer came before any due diligence really had happened after doing the due diligence, whether it was BYU or whether it was Guerrero himself, there was a decision made that, Hey, this offer is no longer eligible. Like this, you can't come. It's not going to work out. They pulled the offer and Guerrero went to the extent of deleting the tweet that said he ever had an offer to begin with, but that all happened in a matter of like four days. Right. College recruiting is not what people think it is. An offer does not necessarily mean that they want you, that a school wants you on their roster. And I know that sounds contradictory to what the term scholarship offer is, but that's just the reality of it. Sometimes a scholarship offer is what it takes to get into the door. And that's all that it is. They still don't know anything. Uh, people mock Utah beat writers or journalists or media guys, whatever, because they used to cover or they used to, to throw out the term non-committable offer forever. And it sounded so stupid because if it's an offer, it's committable. How do you have a non-committable offer? Uh, those Utah writers, did they, did they use it every time a BYU guy or a guy picked BYU over Utah, then it turned into a non-committable offer? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think that there's a very real case to be made there that that's what was happening. But as far as the term non-committable offer in quotes goes, that's a very real thing. It happens all the time. In fact, I know of a guy who has tried to commit several times to BYU 
over the last few months, and BYU isn't accepting that commitment because they because they just don't know if that's who they want in the class. So there's there's lots of things that that go into recruiting. Offers aren't necessarily valid all the time. Sometimes it's, hey, we're going to extend you an offer. You got to commit it 72 hours. If you don't, the offer's gone. I mean, there's a lot of things. And so recruiting, that's what makes recruiting fun. And I, I have one last note about that Utah thing, about the Utah guys that, uh, you know, that, that throw out the non-committable offer. Here's the other thing is college football programs are uber competitive. They never want to lose, especially to their rival. And if, the, if you really get technical, most colleges know what a recruit is going to do a handful of days at least before they do it. And so if I am recruiting Joe Smith and I know that Joe Smith is going to go to Utah when he makes his decision on Friday, well, I have already moved on. I have offered John Anderson to replace Joe Smith. And if Joe Smith were to come around on Thursday and say, hey, I actually don't want to go to Utah. I want to come to you. I may have already moved on. And therefore, my offer is non-committable. And I stopped recruiting Joe Smith. Right. In reality, I got bad information. And I, I made a change of plans two days before he committed because I thought he was going somewhere else. So the idea that, yeah, well, Utah didn't want him or I didn't want Joe Smith. I guess that's technically true because at the time I did move on, but had that information that Joe Smith was going to come to my school two days before instead of to my rival, I would have absolutely been happy to sign Joe Smith. That happens all the time at Utah. Utah's coaches, Utah's sources are I mean, they're, they're, they tell the story that Utah wants wants them to tell. Right. They, so, yeah, very I, much a lot of it is more so just, let's see. It's the I reputation. Mean, it's the stupid media game. I mean, it's right. just the reality. It, it's you got to be careful not to step on too many toes and kind of toe the party line and balance of you want to, you know, bring the hard-breaking news, but also can't be too mean because you want to, you don't want your sources to dry up and you want to still yeah, be in I the mean, know. Let's just say it like this, Garrett. Uh, there aren't many Utah sources out there that are going to get cease and desist letters. No, I don't, there are none. No, they are going to walk the company line as if they are on Utah's payroll because they don't want to have their toes stepped on. They don't want to lose sources, but it give them help, Brigham. We're a little different, as evidenced by the cease and desist letter. We're willing to take some gambles, take some steps that maybe other people wouldn't want to take. So there we go. Hey, I, I do have one last thing that's it's kind of adjacent to what we've been talking about, and that's the transfer portal as a whole. I've heard a lot of, of, of hubbub over the last few weeks about how the transfer portal is ruining college sports. And I want to... I want to talk about that because one, there's an argument of yes, no, is it? I don't think it is. But here is my, my thing that I want to say today. The transfer portal did not change the behavior of these college athletes. It brought transparency into the process so that more fans are aware of who is and isn't hitting the portal. 
but these players were transferring all the time, no matter what. It's been happening for decades. Now, transfers are increasing, and it happens, and I truly believe it's just happen chance that it, it, it coincides with the timing of the transfer portal. But I don't necessarily think that the transfer portal is causing more transfers to happen. I think the transfers have been increasing in general for the for you know over the last few decades, right? Like it's yeah. I mean, high school football in 2021 is so much better than high school football in 1992, and so uh, there are more and more high school seniors who are signing with schools hundred percent expectations that they are going to play as true freshmen. And if they don't play as true freshmen, then they have no issues transferring and trying to get a waiver to play as a true sophomore. Well, and with the availability of film being online and, you know, the cost of travel decreasing and being able to see more kids and camps being more popular and guys going to camp and so you can get to see guys in person and all of those things, you have more and more kids who are going to schools far away from home where they think, oh, I want to get out there. And then they get out there and they're like, I'm kind of homesick or like, I don't really like it out here. This is very different. I, you know, I thought I wanted to play in the big 12 because the big 12 was the big 12 and I didn't want to play in the mountain West, but I'm from, you know, San Diego and I'd rather play at San Diego state and live in California or San Jose state than be at Iowa state and live in Iowa because I just don't like being in Iowa, but I thought, you know, mm-hmm. the allure of being in a P five conference and make a difference, you know, there's all sorts of things like that, you know, that factor into it that just weren't a thing before. And also you have, you know, guys are connected. Like you think, you know, how fans are of like, Oh, we don't really like fans of the other team rivals, whatever. It's like, players don't really like players don't care about that. They don't the care. Same way. And they, they don't hang out with each other. They know each other. They run in the same circles. You know, it's like, you know, you can be upset about something before, you, you know, I mean, back then a lady's like sending a text message. That wasn't even a thing, but now you go, it's like you follow someone and you can follow any random player and say, Hey, you know, random, you know, Hey, random guy, like player. I don't really like it here at Texas tech. Tell me about what, what are things like at Tulsa and guys talk to each other and they're kind of like the recruiting game is always going on behind the scenes of like, maybe they made it a camp. Maybe they played again, the same district in high school. Like it's, it's constantly going. And it is just something that is very different than it was in 1985. Yeah, totally different. Uh, we're knocking on the 11 o'clock hour here in, in where I'm at. And I don't know if this is being, if you can hear this through my mic, uh, but the Air Force Base, Hill Air Force Base, is doing night flies, flyovers, whatever, right now, night training. And it feels like desert storm outside my window. There has been a constant jet for like the last three minutes yeah. flying over my house. I mean, they, they've, I, I could see the lights is all that I could really see as they pass by. And I think there's five or six that are doing like touch and goes at the Air Force Base. They were- it's 11 o'clock at night. That's late that we don't usually get. So I live smack in between two bases and Uh like an army base and a Marine Corps base. And they, I get, you know, they'll do some night things and it's louder. There was for a while, the blue angels were here trading and it was like three days a week. They were flying low right over my house and it was loud. Always Um, cool. It's the uh, sounds of freedom. You know, it's the sounds of tax dollars being spent at exorbitant, and an exorbitant pace. Um, yeah, I mean, that's one way to look at it. There, other than what we have talked about, there hasn't been a ton of BYU news this week, and it feels weird. We've been 
crazy busy over at cougarsportsinsider.com, please consider subscribing. I, I think that it's well worth the $9.99 that you will pay in a month. If you don't feel like it's worth $9.99 a month, then wait for a, a, a promotion to come up. They happen all the time where you can get 50% off for the first year and, and you know come in at $4.99 a month and see if it's worth $9.99 a month. We've been crazy busy. We've been talking about the future of BYU athletics and looking at different components of the program and where it might go or what it might look like in 10 years. So it's been a busy time over at CSI, but as far as new news, there really hasn't been a ton of news. It's been a pretty quiet heart of the off season type of uh, type of week. And I think we're to the point that, man, uh, we're all going to be desperate for football news. It- I'm desperate for football news. I just I, want anything. I don't care what it is at this point. You know, I I've discovered. I actually didn't realize that uh, was it called the Spring League, that that is still a thing. How many of you ever heard of that? And it's like, yep. I was flipping. There's like, on, a, there's like 50 BYU players on one of the teams. Oh, really? Uh, I'll have to look and see. But it's like weird because it's like a pay to play thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, it's a pay to play thing of basically come. There's four teams. They're oh, actually there's eight teams now. They're doing fourteen. The North Division is playing in Indianapolis. The South Division is playing in Houston, and they are, yeah. It's like you know they're basically it's you pay to play and get one last shot of getting some more film. And it's I guess that's probably profitable just because you're not paying a ton of player salaries. That's the only way it can work when they have like a couple guys every year right that have been signed or at least gotten a camp invite but i'm trying to see who to do, do, do i'm looking through the rosters now because i remember there were a few BYU guys are playing oh there's one utah state maybe are there not any this year i Did thought I- that there were a bunch i thought that like t john and Ta- tomasi laulile uh, i remember them doing that a couple of years ago um, I oh, Cy O.C. Mariner is playing. Um, I, you know, give those guys a lot of credit for uh, uh, Mano- sticking to it. Yep, there we go. Here we go. Is uh, Manoa Pakula is playing? That's a name I have not heard in a while. Remember he- when he showed up to Pro Day and was just jacked? Yeah. 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 What has he... What has Manoa Pakula been doing? Because his last year was in 2015. I, I thought um, he played with, in the AAF for a minute well i mean the whole league lasted about a minute um, um, but i think he was on one of those teams yeah tomasi laulie there's another guy who graduated in like 2015 um i'll never forget his touchdown against utah state oh uh, that was so much fun but yeah, that was uh, but yeah the heisman trophy candidate that you know that's all that was go you know that's all that's going now is this spring league and it's they apparently have you know got these things going trying to do it there's six weeks in the championship but now all their games are on fox sports fs1 or fs2 and then the championship is like really they actually have a couple on mainline fox wait 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 wait, wait. hold on what you're telling me is that the pac-12 and the spring league have the same tv contract uh no actually the spring league's tv contract is better because it's on channels that people actually get (laughs) There is every, spectacular. So every week there are 
two games on FS1, one game on FS2, one game on mainline Fox. And that is on mainline Fox, like big Fox, big national Fox. What is mainline Fox is, is big Fox. Yeah. Is it like Gus Johnson calling the game? I don't know, but I didn't know this existed. I went to flip on last week. I was went to watch the Utah Warriors Major League Rugby game, and they were, um, they were having. Uh, I just lost sure that is they were playing on FS1, and so I flipped it on and I saw the end of the spring league, and I was like, "What the heck? This thing is a thing now?" Because the first year I remember there it was like. I think like Algernon Brown was playing in the first year that it was going and it was like, they were broadcasting it themselves online. And then they had, it was like streamed on uh, bleacher report was streaming it through their website. And then it was like on Twitch and whatever. And now it's like, they have this actual legit thing of like, you know, they're getting real broad TV broadcast and the quality. That's wild. The quality was actually, I didn't, I just saw it was like, they were taking a knee, but the actual like production quality was really good and so i was very surprised because i forgot that this thing even existed still because it's like i don't think they've i was kind of <laughs> joking money on like marketing they haven't been dropping near the marketing budget that the aaf right yeah well i was joking when i said uh that, that, that they have the same tv deal as the pac-12 but my gosh it sounds like they have the same tv deal as the pac-12 it basically is i wonder if they make more money than them <laughs> uh in other news this week i have an absolutely critical story that I can't not share with the people. I feel like it is my duty to share with the people. Yeah, we are here and we are prepared. Where did you go on your mission? Did you go to Russia or did you go to Ukraine? Ukraine, but then Russia has since annexed one of, invaded and annexed one of my areas. So, And you probably. spoke Russian or Ukrainian? Uh, I spoke Russian until in my last area, there was a lot more ukrainian so i kind of they speak surgic is what it's called when you like mix the two so kind of got a little uh, bit that it, it, towards the end when things got a little lazy okay. not lazy but well, less well, proper. Well, this this story is going to take you back to the motherland uh and i'm gonna skip the headline because the headline it feels like it takes away the punchline here i'm just gonna read it a 224-pound Russian woman faces some heavy-duty justice for sitting on her husband and strangling him to death with her massive buttocks during a boozy dispute, a report said. Tatiana O oh allegedly refused to let Adar go, even as he begged for forgiveness, East to West News reported. Adar's daughter saw him pinned down on the bed and ran to seek help from the neighbors in the Russian city Novokuznetsk. Uh, according to the news outlet, which cited evidence in the case, a female neighbor who arrived reportedly decided the couple were in the midst of a domestic dispute and left. Tatiana said she merely wanted to calm her hubby down after the couple had been drinking. Adar died from asphyxia from blocking the respiratory system as his face was wedged into the mattress as Tatiana sat on his neck using her legs so he could not lift it a medical examination found. The wife, quote, strangled husband to death with her buttocks after drinking too much alcohol, according to the report by East to West. What a story. I can relate uh, to this woman. I, if I wanted to do, if I, I can't do much with my butt, usually my fat butt is getting in the way of me doing physical activity. 
But if I could use my butt to kill something, I think I could do it. My butt is big enough that I think I could pull something like this off. They've got pictures of Tatiana and Adar. And what's shocking to me is that his butt is well beyond the size of her butt. So I don't know. He must have been plowed if he was unable to lift himself up and, and do something. You know, I, I would have to consult with, uh, with some, some other people on this, but if, if I, like, I could think I could create a word in Russian of like to die by butt suffocation. You could create that word and it's, uh, you know, and so it's, I don't, I mean, like, but it's, it's, that's a very niche thing where you're like, okay, I feel like we need, like, that's not something where that needs to be described. That deserves its own word. Yeah. I mean, like, I like, feel like it, has it can't to. be like, oh, I got shot or I got stabbed or like something. It's like, this needs its own, th- that's its own thing that needs its own specific word for something that is that unique. Now I do appreciate, and I think I said the New York daily news, this is the New York post. So uh, for your, for those of you who are not familiar with your New York newspapers, the New York Post is borderline National Enquirer, but they do focus on at least trying to root their stories in truth. But they're they're a little bit different. Uh, I enjoyed the opening line of the story. Now that we know what the story is, a 224 pound Russian woman faces some heavy duty justice. I mean that was that was well done by Yaren Steinbuck of the New York Post for, for, for throwing that teaser in before you even knew it was a teaser. Heavy duty justice for suffocating somebody with your heavy butt cheeks. That is the legitimately the weirdest story I've ever heard in terms of someone dying. Yeah, I mean, it feels like I had to share it. Another thing I have to, sh- I have to share with people is uh, George clothing brand. I bought another shirt from from Walmart. Oh, we all know oh, yeah. Walmart. We're, oh, yeah. all, we're all cheap. I'm wearing some George shorts right now, and my favorite pair yeah, of jeans dude. are actually George. They've upped their game. George, they have upped their game. I would put George up with any expensive brand of shirt that that I have. I wear mostly George pants if I wear pants. Now I don't wear pants that don't have an elastic as we established last week. But if I do wear pants, they're George brand. Uh, George, man, you well, can get a nice shirt for like eight bucks. Well, that's a, I'm wearing a pair of George khaki shorts right now. And I first grabbed them because they had them like near the front and they were on sale for like $6.97 a pair. And I was like, oh, I'm just you know, grabbing, have an extra pair of shorts on. And now I literally, I own four of the exact same pair shorts. Cause they're yeah. like the normal, not on sale price is like 1042 or whatever. And it's like, I, yeah, I don't care what happens to them. If they get dirty, like is I, they're cheap enough that I could just avoid doing laundry and just go buy another pair. And, oh, yeah. and I wouldn't think twice about it. And there's something beautiful yeah. about that. There is. So this is your PSA as we, as we near the end of this episode of give them hell, Brigham. Uh, one, watch out for, for big buttocks because they'll get you. And two, put your big buttocks in George clothing. We're not sponsored by George or Walmart, but it feels like this is an important public duty that we have 
and, and that is to bring to light and normalize wearing clothes from Walmart because as we are in a world that is facing runaway inflation in just about every category, the only way that we can stand up to that inflation is to change our spending habits. So those of you Lululemon psychopaths that are spending $200 on shorts, it's time to buy George. And let's bring down the price of all of these other brands for the rest of us. It's, and a, it's a community service. It is, man. And George has proven that uh, they're going to try to keep prices as low as they can. I buy their flannel shirts every winter. They have not increased. They have been like 10, 17 or something weird uh, for every winter since like 2014. Well, and and it was, that was prior to George. That was when they were something else. They rebranded to George. And, but it, it, it's consistent. So buy George and do the entire economy a favor. And let's reel in some of this inflation that we're seeing. And well, and that's what is kind of great about it is because like, you do not care what happens to it. Like you just said, you buy a new shirt every winter. It's right. Like it's, you know, you got kids. It's like, they spill on something. They take something, they, you know, something doesn't go right. You, you just, you don't have to worry about it because it's like, Oh, I'll just go get a different one, whatever. Or yeah, actually like, so now it, they've expanded the grocery delivery that you can do the whole store now. So yeah, if you need charcoal, yeah. you can just add it to your grocery delivery and it'll show up at your house. Like you can get clothes now too if you need clothes you just say oh yeah get bring me a new pair of shorts with my eggs i, I need a, i need a dozen eggs two gallons of milk and three pairs of khakis bring it on and down jacket yeah oh yeah so george man i mean everybody needs to buy george and i i really do think this is a public service for everybody uh i'm on a, a very weird reddit board I, I don't even know what subreddit it is wacky news and i'm just watching headlines it's where i found this this russian woman thing and now I'm just looking at other headlines on this board. Uh, Matthew Perry of Friends. Have you seen Matthew Perry in today? No. Uh, he he could suffocate people with his buttocks. Z. Chandler Bing has, uh, I mean, he's got some substance abuse issues. But uh, boy, he has, he has put on some LBs. Oh, like the is, rest, like the best of us. And maybe a, he's trying to get him off. Everybody Google Matthew Perry fat and see where he was not too long ago. I mean, he's he has seen some stuff. Yeah, he kind of looks like... Oh, what is that dude's name? He looks like another actor, but I can't think of his name now. It, it'll come to me, but he looks like somebody else, but yeah, that's, that's a mess. Um, but I mean, it's really, I mean, we've kind of talked about it that we are well, well, well into the off season now where I think we may have to bring, well, quarantine is over. That crap's done, right? Mm -hmm. The C CDC said, if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask anymore. Obviously it's, if you're on, if you're on someone else's property, they have the right to ask that you wear a mask. So some stores are doing what they want to do. That's up to them. Whatever. And if you're going somewhere that they're doing that, don't be a psychopath. Just put on the damn mask. Right. No, if you are voluntarily going onto someone else's property, it is their rights as the leasee or owner of the property to request whatever safety measures they want on their own property. You are a guest on their premises. But yeah, they could tell you you have to wear a purple shirt. Just yeah. 
That's their prerogative. Right. If you don't so, like it, go somewhere else. So we got to come up with a new name because Quarantine Kitchen is no longer... Quarantine Kitchen is done. Quarantine is a thing of the past. We, you know, uh, I, I have a name, Garrett. I have a submission. Okay. And it is inspired by our friend from Russia. Can we just call it Tatiana's Menu? Tatiana's Menu. Uh, <laughs> I guess I mean, we... <laughs> or Adar's. I mean, I guess Adar was no spring chicken either. But I feel like she's going to jail. Everybody knows that it was her butt that got her there. I don't think this is offensive. I mean, Tanya, Tanya was wilded. So yeah, Tanya is the nickname for Tatiana. So, uh, but um, uh, I think it's got to be something more on the, on the brand of like, you know, of being related to some type of alliteration, like quarantine kitchen was, whether it's like mm. cooker kitchen or, give them food or you know something like that it's, i feel like it's a little bit tatiana's menu is a little too far out for us because that makes it sound like we're making prison food and who wants to eat that like this ain't a cafeteria this is a gourmet restaurant okay well uh i mean i guess we agree to disagree i might call it tatiana's menu no matter what we decide to officially call it but we'll see how that goes it's late man i mean i you're you're uh, it's past 11 o'clock it's weird i'm buying george shirts i got online i got like three hours of sleep last night it's it's time for us all to go to bed it's been a a quick episode but a good episode nonetheless um you know it's just if you have maybe we need to do another we'll do a mailbag next week and get things coming in and we'll we do have actually Next week, we are going to have an interview. Um, so if you don't follow Alex Kirby, uh, he is a great follow. He, um, I don't think he's not a school too, but he coaches uh, at a high school back East. And he kind of has, you know, kind of carved out a niche of being, he's a film junkie. And he released today a scouting, a scouting report of the 2020 BYU offense just going through. I mean, it's got tons of stuff. Like if you want to know how many times like every how many times they lined up in a certain formation and what plays they ran out of that formation. He's got it all. Like we, you and I both paid for it and downloaded it is 356 pages of content. Uh, yeah, all about it. And, and we're going to get him on next week for an interview. Uh, just kind of talk about the offense, what he saw, what he liked, uh, you know, and it's obviously it's, he's, he's not a college coach. He's not an NFL coach. He's a high school assistant coach who does this, but he is very, very, he's very knowledgeable and he knows more than any of us. Right. So it's, if he gets on here, he'd be the smartest guy in the room. And uh, he's also, he's a big crypto guy. So he fits in nicely with our brand. And so I'm excited to have Alex on. I think it's important to, to really reemphasize what you just said. Uh, when you buy his stuff, it's a little expensive. I mean, it's 25 bucks is the sticker price. And he, he has two different books. So you could spend upwards of $50 without a coupon code. Uh, so it's a little bit of a pricey thing and you just download PDFs. I mean, it is a very easy thing to just send to somebody else, but I didn't send it. You didn't send it to me. I didn't send it to you. We both independently paid for this full price because it's that good and if nothing else this goes into that support small business uh, vein that uh, support 
Alex and the work that he's doing, because if you guys look at this, I promise you, it's going to scratch that football itch for a while. There is a ton of content. You're all going to pay for Phil Still or for Athlon or something like that. And you're going to get two or three pages of BYU specific stuff and then a bunch of national content. This is 356 pages of BYU specific in-depth analysis. It, it really is. Uh, it's almost like you're opening up the playbook for BYU. It, right. it, it, he diagrams the plays, explains how they work, explains what the options are. It will elevate your football watching experience this fall. While obviously the playbook will be different. There will be elements that are the same and it, it'll kind of take your eyes off the ball. If you will, it'll, it'll help you see what makes these plays successful. I've enjoyed it. I, I've only had a chance to delve into the first you know, 20, 30 pages of it. And I've loved it. It's going to be one that's a fun read throughout the summer. Right. And I mean, a lot of it obviously is charting in pictures and things. So it's not like you're not reading a textbook, but it yeah. is, it is more specific thing. Like the only thing that would have been more like that made it any more awesome is if all of the, like, if he had somehow copies and this is a copyright issue so he couldn't do this of like all 22 film and when he's going because he has the time stamp of like it was this game and it was at 12 42 left in the third quarter and they were first and seven or you know second and seven on their own 32 yard line and you know he's got that in there but it's if you could like you could click and go to a video that was starting at that exact time then that would be you know, that would make it, that'd make it nicer to be able to watch it. But it's, I mean, I did it today. I ended up going, I read through some of them and going through, uh, going back to the Houston game. I went back and watched the highlight of the Houston game and you see things and it's, you know, you things that you don't notice because you're not looking for them, but it will help you. I promise if you get this and spend the time reading through it and then going through, um, going through and, you know, clicking, and f- looking up on YouTube and finding the time where like the play when it happened, you will be more educated as a fan and it will be more enjoyable if you to watch games because you have more things to look at and will appreciate the design of it because the things that this staff, this offensive staff put together in terms of what they're doing with the jet sweep and it not being a gimmick, like it is not a gimmick. There is a very real element to it of that is a facet of moving guys and creating opportunities and seams to go where you want to go, especially in the run game. And it makes a difference. And once you start to see those things, it, everything becomes a lot more clear and a lot more enjoyable. Without question. So, so we're going to get him on next week, but uh, check out, check out what he did. Um, We'll, we'll post a link in the show notes, check it out because it will be well worth your time. It will be well through time. And uh, you and I both posted the link this morning. Go out and you can post it again. Um, go find it or we'll post a link to it again. And I'm excited to get Alex on here next week. And it's been a good episode, Jeff. And until next week, give them hell. Give them hell.